Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is uh, Wednesday, halfway through the week, the 11th of May, 2022. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast. I appreciate you downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Appreciate the use of your ears. I want to get right to the use of your ears because I got a lot of stuff to do today and tomorrow and all this, all this stuff. And what a busy, busy time it is. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a good time. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Curse Program and all the other bonus stuff at Patreon.com slash Podcast. I think I'm going to go to the uh, Mormon Temple today to check it out. If they let me take pictures, which I don't know. It's a giant building on the, belt, on the Beltway in D.C. If they let us take pictures, I will take pictures and post them at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. If they don't let us take pictures, I will try to sneak take pictures and post them on the website. So we shall see. All right. Let's, uh, let's just start the show. Let's do this thing. Lots going on in the world. There's a bunch of stuff happening today. It's the Democrats are trying to blame Republicans. The Putin price hike thing didn't take, so now they're trying to blame Republicans for inflation. It's quite um, quite a feat. And if they're even, well, they won't be able to do it. But if anybody believes it, it's a testament to just how stupid and failed our uh, education system is, quite frankly. So we'll get into that and everything. I want to give you a quick update about my dad because I've gotten a lot of emails from you guys. He's been at home, and that's good. But then he's uh, he went back to the doc. He, he had a CAT scan the other day because he's got lung cancer, but it's been it was caught very early, so they've been treating it with radiation, or they treated it with radiation and keeping it in check. And so he had uh, a follow-up appointment on that, and he's retaining water in his legs. His legs are swollen since he was discharged. And it turns out that the hospital didn't bother to have a physical therapy consult before letting him go. An 81-year-old man stuck in bed for five days who fell in the hospital and was denied all food and water. They thought that uh, didn't need to rehab consideration or physical therapy so his doctor that he met with yesterday sent him back to the er to get some more tests and but the wait was too long he's not in dire straits he's just very very drained of energy that's why you need to go to rehab muscles atrophy really quickly when you're of that age and so um and you know you need to get your diet back on track and needs to be supervised hopefully they they set up uh they didn't have any appointments for today. It's a very small hospital. People don't understand that. It's two stories tall. Uh, they, uh, I believe, are on the verge of getting physical therapy at home, which would be fine and ideal, would be rehab at home. That'd be best for him. Somebody can be there, and then somebody can come there and help, and then somebody can, you know, one of my siblings can make sure that everything is done Otherwise, you know, when the the person isn't there, but it's just a matter of getting it done. My friend who's a doctor is like pretty disgusted by the uh, the discharge that they didn't even consult with 
the uh, the physical therapy people about rehab. But anyway, that is the latest. There's not a lot to update. He's slowly getting stronger. It's just very slowly and very frustrating. And they probably needs a diuretic to help with the swelling, which apparently isn't uncommon in situations like this. It just needs to do something about it. So appreciate all the prayers and thoughts and keep that coming. We're not out of the woods yet, but we can certainly see the clearing. All right. Now I want to turn to uh, the news of the day. We're going to start with to say that Democrats are lying is uh, (laughs) a bit of an understatement. It's what they do. Honestly, it's who they are. It's where they come from. It's how they handle themselves. And the media is the most enabling group of people. You talk about, you know, somebody's somebody's an addict and they've got an enabler, a person, a parent, a family relative, whatever spouse that makes sure that they have whatever it is that they need, whatever it is that's bothering, you know, they oh look, he needs a, just a little drink. He just needs a little bit of of heroin or whatever. You have these enablers, the people who cannot see anything wrong with anybody. Well, that's the media. They deny reality. They deny reality with Joe Biden, with Democrats in general, but particularly with Joe Biden, because Joe Biden doesn't live in reality. They've got to kind of compensate for that. And what the Democrats are trying to do has no basis in reality. Yet it is the job of journalists to uh, to push it, to pimp it, if you will. It's not really, it's supposed to be the antithesis of their job, but this is who they are. This is what they do. So you have this report from NBC News. NBC News, the most trusted name in news. Isn't that what they say? Or, yeah, I think it's the most trusted name in news because ABC is more Americans get their news from ABC News than any other source. And CBS, their slogan is, Dan Rather doesn't work here anymore. We're not as bad as we used to be. It's not catchy, although the mugs are nice. Um, this is a guy, I'd never heard of this guy. He's called Morgan Chesney. And he simply regurgitates Democrat talking points. The idea, there's this idea out there that the White House has started to float based on, honestly, nothing. That Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class. The party that's never, that doesn't raise taxes wants to raise taxes on the middle class. I think that's the winning strategy. And they also have this belief that they want to let Social Security and Medicare expire, which is a weird way to put it because it's not, they're not laws that sunset. They're not programs that sunset. Social Security and Medicare are there. It's not like, well, if we don't vote to renew Medicare, 50 million seniors are screwed. That's not how it works. They exist. But it is a talking point that the Democrats have put out there, counting on their voters, their base, and you'll not go broke doing this, uh, counting on their voters and their base being incredibly stupid. So listen to this NBC News reporter named Morgan Chesney as he on the Today Show this morning simply regurgitates what Democrats are saying without 
anything, any explanation, any point, nothing at all. What's, it just, he, he says it as though it's his own thoughts, and maybe it is. With inflation, one of the factors threatening Democrats' control of Congress this fall, White House officials say President Biden today will lay out his plan to fight inflation and lower costs contrasting it to a Republican proposal from Florida Senator Rick Scott, which Democrats say would raise taxes on nearly half of all Americans and let programs like Medicare and Social Security expire. Now, the other big question here, with inflation at its highest point since 1981, have we seen its peak or is there still more to come? Oh, no, that inflation, those damn Republican plans. No, I left that last bit on there to show you that he didn't come back and say, but, you know, fact check organizations and basic common sense dictate that there is no big Republican secret plot to raise your taxes in the middle class. But he didn't. He didn't. He just went on because he couched it under Democrats say, yeah, Democrats say lots of things. When Republicans say something, the media immediately snaps to attention and goes about fact-checking it, making sure that Republicans really did, in fact, say that. And who says that we talk to experts who say that this is garbage? We talk to liberal experts that say this is garbage. Well, it doesn't seem as though Morgan Chesney follows the news. Because the Washington Post has fact-checked this claim. And the... uh, factcheck.org has fact-checked this claim. There are a lot of fact-checks on this. And none of all of them say that it's garbage, that it is not true. Now, it's kind of funny, bizarre, that this guy would go on to do something that has gotten three Pinocchios from the uh, Washington Post fact check. And believe me, if there was a way to manipulate, bastardize reality to the point that they were able to give Joe Biden a, this is a true statement rating, they would have. I don't know how you give anybody three Pinocchios out of four Pinocchios. A lie is a lie. It should be this is a lie or this isn't a lie. But even the Washington Post, Biden's false claim that congressional Republicans want to raise taxes. What? Yeah. Federal income taxes were due on Monday. This is an old fact check. This is this is why it's amazing that this guy doesn't follow the news. It's been around a while. On Monday in the White House, marked the occasion by criticizing congressional Republicans for proposing a massive tax increase on the middle class. The plan has provided a rare opportunity for Democrats who are frequently tagged as tax increasers by Republicans. But wait, who are these congressional Republicans? In her daily press briefing on Monday, Press Secretary Ginger Goebbels carefully offered a detail uh, that somehow did not make it into the social media accounts. Quote, the Congressional Republican plan, however, as Senator Rick Scott outlined now, led by Senator Rick Scott, Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class. It's a muddled quote, but that's how Ginger Goebbels talks. It's hard to speak coherently when BSing. Scott, the junior senator from Florida, is chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee and thus part of the Senate leadership. But is it fair to say he represents the views of congressional Republicans? And then he goes through Scott's 60-page, 11-point plan to rescue America. There are no tax increases on the middle class. You'll be uh, found out. You, You will be shocked to find out. 
And the Washington Post goes through the Pinocchio test. Scott's plan is certainly ripe for political fodder, but the White House is pushing its luck here. Scott is a Republican. He is in Congress and part of Republican leadership. But his snippet of an idea such as it is cannot be labeled a congressional Republican plan. No legislation has been crafted and no other Republican lawmakers have announced their plans to raise taxes on the middle class. One cannot instantly assume every person in a political party supports a proposal. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on. Gives it three Pinocchios. Backcheck.org. Democrats' misleading claim Republican plan would end Social Security and Medicare. Don't get me wrong. Social Security and Medicare need to be dramatically reformed. And if they are not reformed, they're going to destroy this country. Let's just be honest about it. They are consuming more and more and more of our our budget. And we're screwed if they aren't uh, massively reformed, even means tested. But, uh, hey, they're going to go bankrupt. What are you going to do? Rather, a sinking ship. It's, look, we can't save everybody, so let's save nobody. Is the Democrats' plan on these things. But, again, this is the White House claiming these things. Have you ever heard anybody say they want to sunset Social Security or Medicare? PolitiFact on April 29th. As part of his plan to downsize the federal government, Republican Senator Rick Scott says he wants all federal legislation to sunset in five years. If a law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again. That's what they're basing it on. These are massive federal government programs that are administered. And he says, you know, we're going to have all these laws we pass. We've got to revisit them instead of things like the Spanish-American war tax. I don't know if you, I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, when I was back at Americans for Tax Reform back in uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, we worked to get the Spanish-American War tax repealed. And you're probably sitting there going, the Spanish-American, were we at, uh, at war during the Spanish-American War? Is that what was going on? No. It was uh, a tax put in place on telephones to pay for the Spanish-American War. It was only going to hit the rich because back at the time of the Spanish-American War, 1898, there were maybe 12 people in the country who had telephones. They were all rich. And so it was really easy to say, all right, boom, we're going to go after the rich. Tax the rich. The politician class has been saying we're going after the rich for the uh, entirety of their existence, to be honest with you. Well, that tax never went away. The Spanish-American War did, obviously. We're not still at war with Spain, although they probably have it coming. But they did not war for more than 100 years. But for more than 100 years, there was this tax on telephone services. Now, when it was instituted, it was a tax on the very wealthy because they were the only ones who could afford telephones. As it continued to exist, obviously, more and more people got telephones to the point that they're pretty ubiquitous. I'm talking about home units mounted to a wall. Yet the tax persisted. Why? Because it was already there. It was already there, and it was a revenue source for the federal government. 
They simply didn't care. They had no incentive to get rid of it. If you ever looked at your old phone bills, it wasn't blaring and it was, you know, a couple of dollars or whatever it was. This is how government works. You have a really hard time grasping the size of the U.S. population. It's not anybody's fault. You just have no idea. Let me put it to you this way. the law. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know why, because I have difficulty recognizing and acknowledging and understanding the size of 330 million people or 7 or 8 billion people on the planet. The lottery has been around. And this is why people play the lottery, by the way, because they don't understand the, uh, the size of the population, the odds against them. But you have 330 million people in the country. You have the lottery, the lotto, the Powerball, all these things. They have been around to one degree or another for, what, 40-plus years, maybe 50 years. So that means that every week, several times a week, for all of that time, there's a possibility that somebody could win at least a couple million dollars. Do you know anybody who won the lottery? Not talking about, oh, they won 100 bucks. No, I'm talking about won the lottery, like became an instant millionaire. Maybe you do. You're one of one person who knows somebody who's done that. Most other people have no idea. They know somebody who played the lottery, probably bought lottery tickets themselves, but didn't win the lottery. Now, you sit there and you're sitting there and you're rationalizing buying the ticket and you go, well, you know, somebody's got to win. Why not me? Well, yeah, why not you? Except for the odds are like 250 million to one. You can't really wrap your mind around that. You think somebody's going to somebody's going to win. Why not me? Well, because there's hundreds of millions of people out there. And only one really or two are going to win at most. You can't wrap your mind around that sort of thing. So you it just slides by that and you throw your money toward the lottery. You don't notice the odds. You don't notice things on your phone bill, the Spanish-American war tax. It wasn't called the Spanish-American war tax. It was an excise tax. It was on there. It was only a couple dollars. It was just there for 330 million people. That amounted to a lot of money to the federal government. They were not going to go, oh, the Spanish-American war is over. Let's repeal this thing. It's not how government works. I just, I, I tell you, these, these people, if you're, if you're fact-checked, the, the thing about Joe Biden and the Democrats is they don't really have to worry about being fact-checked very often. They just don't. It doesn't happen. They dragged Daniel Dale out of the, I don't know, crypt that they keep him in over at CNN the other day to fact-check this very thing. And uh, so he did. And then that was it. They sent him back to the hole. So you don't have to worry about fact. There's no rolling total of the lies that Joe Biden has told over at the Washington Post the way they did with Donald Trump. Nope, 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 nope. There's none of that. What's amazing, though, is how once one of these fact checkers, quote unquote, fact checkers, fact checks something, all of them fact, once they declare it to be a lie on a Democrat, then they all fact check it. They all they all fact check random Republicans, people you never heard of, talking about things you don't know anything about. And they're just, Republicans lie about this, that, and the other thing. As though Democrats are nothing but arbiters of truth. My God, they just love the truth. They can't get enough of the truth. But when they do get around at fact checking a Joe Biden, 
and find, you know say all right we gotta we gotta eventually say that this guy's full of it on one of these things right all right let's do this one they all go in on the same thing they could easily all do different things if they wanted to they don't want to they all have to check the box and say hey we've uh, we fact checked them and they all fact checked and the same thing came to the same conclusion and then they go back to smoking their cigars and talking about how evil Republicans are and how they want to kill grandmothers and things like that. It's ridiculous. Every single day there's something that Ginger Goebbels says that is absolutely garbage from the White House podium. And now you got uh, Karine Pierre Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre. She starts at the This is Ginger Goebbels last week as the White House chief propagandist. And you got Karine Jean-Pierre coming in. And uh, her qualifications are what? Her qualifications are that she's black and gay. Oh, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed... You got to celebrate it. That's diversity or something. And celebrate. Why, uh, somebody who looks like America. I don't know how much of America is black and gay. I don't think there's a whole lot of America that's... There's some America that's black and gay. But uh, I'm not going to celebrate anybody for their skin color or their sexual orientation. I'm old-fashioned that way. Accomplish something. Well, the uh, incoming press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, is former spokesperson for MoveOn.org. Remember MoveOn.org? They were founded in the uh, late 90s by a bunch of rich liberals, and their whole idea was, we got to move on. Bill, Cl- Yeah, Bill Clinton screwed around. So what? Move on. Move on. Yeah, he uh, was banging an intern. So what? Move on. Move on. Move on. Move on. Yeah, he might have assaulted Kathleen Willey in a couple. Of- so what? Move on. Move on. Move on. That was MoveOn.org, the champion of women. Karine Jean-Pierre did not work for MoveOn.org back then. They uh, amassed a massive donor list because democrats didn't ever really care about women they they let the sexual predator bill clinton off the hook and so they had all this money and all this power and they decided to just become one of another uh, left-wing group so they uh, hired Karine jean-pierre in like 2008 to be their national spokesmodel and then she's gone from well, she worked for uh, martin o'malley's presidential camp as you talk about a joke how unfortunate is that she worked for barack obama's presidential campaign you name the liberal cause or campaign she's been down with it and you name the liberal conspiracy and she's been down with it apac the uh, american jewish organization that supports israel they're racist according to karine jean pierre she has said so herself fox news is racist she has made that claim repeatedly too, but that one is a, a box you have to check if you're going to be a Democrat in any circumstance. She has said publicly that the 2016 election, presidential election was stolen. I'm old enough to remember yesterday when Democrats said that questioning the integrity of elections was a threat to democracy. Now it is the password to get you into the James Brady press briefing room. She also said that the 2018 gubernatorial election was stolen. She also believed every single thing that the left put out about the Russian dossier hoax and the Russian collusion hoax. Doesn't matter. 
She spread lies. She's her job is to spread lies. She's going to be taking over for uh, Ginger Goebbels at the end of this week. Now, have you heard much about this? No, you haven't. Why? Because she's black and gay. Haven't you heard? She's historic. You can't question historic. What are you, some sort of uh, racist homophobe or something? It's she's black and gay. My God. By the way, her wife is Suzanne Malveaux. Suzanne Malveaux is a uh, chief political correspondent for CNN. Now, we've always talked about how the media is in bed with Democrats. In this case, media is literally in bed with Democrats. But fear not. CNN has said that Suzanne Malveaux will now focus on, she won't talk about politics. She'll focus on the State Department. She's still going to cover the administration. Right. The problem is that if you work with somebody whose spouse is in the White House, maybe you, especially the uh, the face of the White House, if you, because uh, God knows they're not going to put Joe out there. If you have a saucy exchange, a uh, an angry exchange, a cross exchange with that person. That's going to make some of the uh, maybe the company picnic a little bit awkward if you're sitting there arguing with somebody's wife or if you say somebody's wife, my colleague's wife is a liar. I'm going to my my colleague's wife lied today. And here's why you lay that out. That's it. Granted, this is a far flung fever dream. CNN is not going to fact check this administration under any circumstances, so it doesn't really matter. But the concept should matter. I saw something today, the other day, uh, more people watched a Trump rally on Newsmax than uh, CNN. I don't know what day it was. I don't watch the Trump rallies. But somebody uh, said uh, the headline was that, that more people watched the Trump rally than watched CNN, which tells you something about how awful they are. They know they're awful. They know they're rating. You sit there and you go, well, good God, they're terrible. They know they're terrible. There's nobody on a show anywhere on television that gets no viewers, that is under the delusion that they are wildly popular. The media can create a, um, a scenario where they give the impression that something is more popular than it is. Jon Stewart, The Daily Show, being a prime example, 30 Rock, being a prime example, the media loves those shows. They're put on by liberals in good standing, so they give them all the glowing press coverage they want. But even at the height of John Stewart being on the cover of Time magazine and Newsweek and, oh, all the polls said he was the most trusted name in news for millennials to get their news, even at that, John Stewart didn't walk around going, everybody watches me. He knew that he didn't even pull a million viewers a night. He knew that he was losing to reruns of Family Guy on the Cartoon Network at 11 o'clock. Swear to God, look it up. He knew that. These people know what's going on. They simply don't care. CNN knows what they're doing. Just cost the company $300 million. Granted, it saved them the other $700 million they were going to throw on that dumpster fire called CNN Plus, but it cost them $300 million. They were begging people, please sign up. Here's our best. Here is our absolute best programming. We're going to give you 
It's five bucks a month, and my God, it's going to be the best. And nobody signed up. 10,000 people were watching at any time, at, at a good time. That's pathetic. That's, that's minor league baseball attendance right there. And you're sitting there and you're going, are they stupid? No, they just don't care. They don't care. You can buy an ad on CN, on Fox News for cheaper than you can buy an ad on CNN. It'll be seen by exponentially more people. But it's uh, it doesn't matter because the advertising purchasers, the people who buy the ad space for the major corporations, they have deemed that the CNN viewer is much more important, much more moneyed, much better clientele. More uh, that's they're desirable. They're much more desirable than the average toothless, you know, uh, sister Dayton redneck who watches Fox News. That's why you see commercials for catheters and the My Pillow guy all over Fox News because it's, you know, straight up. It's cheap. It's cheaply produced. And you'll see Mercedes-Benz over there on CNN. They have convinced themselves that CNN's audience is much more highly educated. They have far more disposable income. They are ready, you see, to, um, to buy much better products. You don't really see car company ads. Tucker Carlson is the most watched show on television, and you can't get away from Mike Lindell on there. Nothing against Mike Lindell, but his ads are not national ads. They have a little code at the end of it. And put in this code for... never. If you never sell anything at full price, you're not having a sale. I just say that you're... you're, you're if you're not... if Well, you get half off all the time, or buy one, get one free all the time, then it's that's the price. But he has a little code down there so they can track exactly which ads are working, which ads are not working, which shows that they advertise on are working, so on and so forth. Mercedes-Benz doesn't BMW isn't worried about that. They Don Lemon Tonight, sponsored by Pfizer. Why? Why the hell would Pfizer do this? This is what drives me nuts as a conservative, as somebody who used to work in the health policy field. You'd sit there and you go, well, the drug... You watch this, this horrible The Recount web-based garbage pseudo news just a le- another left-wing outlet but it is funded it is started by um the company showtime that you know the channel showtime if you subscribe to showtime you're subscribing to this you're you're subsidizing this stuff and they put out these videos all the time on social media they're wildly unpopular they have all these various podcasts and things that are wildly unpopular they have two guys who hate sports and love left-wing politics doing a sports podcast. Like, who the hell? Every time they put out a clip, it's like somebody grousing about how the trans athletes can't. Like, this is not sports, all right? This is politics. But they, uh, they have these videos that they produce, and they feature ads. They can embed ads. And so they get money every time one of these ads is played. And it's usually pharma. And you sit there and you go, what the hell is pharma doing paying these left-wingers? First of all, it's not very po- It has to be the relationship with Showtime. Pharma is, you know, theoretically opposed to price controls and the reimportation of drugs, which is simply price controls by proxy, bringing them in from Canada rather than installing them yourself. 
they do this and they uh, they're giving the left money. They're funding their own opposition. And you sit there and you go, what in the hell? There's no conservative news site that I've seen who puts out these videos where pharma's ponying up dough to subsidize them. They should be. But every time Democrats do what? Every time Democrats go after big pharmaceutical companies, who's sitting there supporting them, defending them, defending capitalism? It's the Republicans. But the left is going after Republicans for defending Big Pharma with money that Big Pharma has given the left. So much of the telecom companies are the same way. It's very annoying. And you sit there and you go, if you're going to fund your own destruction, I'm going to let you destroy yourself. Okay. The the problem is if you let the pharmaceutical industry be destroyed, we're all screwed. It's not something isolated where you can go, well, we told you. Now you have no profits. Now you've been federalized. The government is setting prices. Research and development is dead. And you just you instead go from manu- researching and developing to manufacturing. And that's it. They'll only research and develop anything that has a lot of people who get it. And if it's something that is rare or whatever, they're not going to bother doing it because the government is going to come in and set the prices. And they're funding their own demise. So much of what the left does is funded by the very industries they're trying to destroy. ExxonMobil for years funded the radical environmental movement, hoping that if we just be nice to them, they'll be nice to us. And they'll be nice to you unless and until there's a reason for you not to be nice. If it's advantageous, they are the the scorpion riding on the back of the frog across the river. Of course they're going to stab you. They're going to stab you right in the back. It's what they do. It's who they are. They're bad people. Don't fund your opposition. Never sell ammunition to your enemy. It's Yeah, there's money in it. But every once in a while, there's something a little bit more important than money. I'm seeing this now. Fox Sports has landed, allegedly, Tom Brady. After he retired. I've never seen a player go back and then say, hey, uh, when you are done, I'm going to sign a deal for like a year or two down the road. Not really sure that's the way to go, but hey, what are you going to do? That's that's a huge coup, I suppose. Although, I got to be honest, having heard Tom Brady speak a lot, seen him interviewed, seen him uh, as part of documentaries, I watched a a, a docu- I can't remember who did a documentary about the uh, Tuck Rule and everything. It was interesting. I think it was a 30 for 30 on ESPN about the Tuck Rule. It's interesting, but it was... He's not the most compelling speaker. There's not a lot of... Uh, Maybe, I mean, he yells on the field, but it was not a, a the most exciting speaker I'd ever heard. So maybe, just maybe, he will uh, step up his game. I don't know. Why would you just stay home with your family, dude? You got like this supermodel hot wife. Okay. Enjoy that. You got billions of dollars. Enjoy that. Nope. 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 Speaking of billions of dollars, you see this Andy Warhol painting. This uh, portrait is lithograph or whatever. Sold one of Marilyn Monroe. Sold for $195 million at Christie's, which is a record sale for an American artwork. Although it was expected to fetch upwards of $300 million. It's a lithic, it's, 
it's a the picture that he sort of smeared paint on. Good God. I had a friend who had an Andy Warhol. I had a lithograph or something. Uh, limited edition autograph thing. He's probably kicking himself now that he got rid of it a long time ago. But, uh, hey, you never know. One man's garbage is another man's garbage, too. Or something like that. Isn't that what the saying is? Probably not. There's other news out there. There's developments in, you know, I don't know why this. There's some things where you sit there and you go, why does this need study? There are certain things. There's a comedian. I can't remember what comedian it was who has this great bit as uh, no clean up. No crap. I work here, too, is his bit. And he talks about all those mostly CBS shows, whether cop shows or medical dramas or whatever, where the characters say the most obvious thing in the world to a coworker. Where in the real world. The response would be, yeah, no kidding, I work here too. We're like, we need to uh, make sure that we don't mess up any of this blood so we can see if we can get any good prints or something. Like, yeah, no, no kidding, I work here too. Yeah, no, no, it's a, ain't my first rodeo. But because of lazy writing, the uh, they have to put this exposition in there and make these characters look stupid because the audi- they think the audience is stupid and would never figure out what they're doing or understand what they're doing. There are certain things like that where you just sit there and you go, this doesn't need to be done, does it? Is there really a question about Are there really people out there scratching their heads going, hey, um, education, the standards, the the kids really seem to have suffered during the shutdown, right? Remote learning didn't work out all that well for kids, particularly the left loves that, especially poor children and children of color. They'd love to throw that caveat especially in there. But in this case, it's true. The uh, Harvard, yes, that Harvard, the Harvard School of Education has done a study that looked at the education gap between uh, white and minority students. I assume Asians counted as white, too. And guess what they found? They found that the lockdown, thanks to the teachers' unions and Democratic governors who bowed to the will of the teachers' unions and kept them locked down much longer than necessary, that children in those states really got screwed compared to children in states that didn't lock down. In fact, there's no appreciable difference measured from before and after the pandemic in the states that didn't lock down. Things didn't get any worse. Interestingly, they write, Harvard uh, says, the gaps in math achievement by race and school poverty did not widen in school districts in states such as Texas and Florida and elsewhere that remained largely in person. In person. Where schools remained in person, gaps did not widen. Where schools shifted to remote learning, gaps widened sharply. Shifting to remote instruction was like turning a switch on a critical piece of our social infrastructure that we had taken for granted. Our findings imply that public schools truly are a balanced wheel of social machineries, as as Horace Mann would say. These are the people who conducted this survey. It's amazing how that works. Now, of course, the states that stayed open were what? They were red states. They were Republican-led states. 
and they got attacked savagely by the teachers' union, Randy Weingarten, the uh, Democratic Party, the White House at the podium did what? They need to shut down. They need to go to. They need to do masking. They need to do this. They need to do that. They need to do the other thing. And it turns out that everything Democrats were advocating made things worse. Is that by accident? Is that by design? You can decide. But um, it just was. About that, there can be no doubt. You knew this. We've got a generation of kids who will largely have lost, because it's not just that you missed two years of education. Things atrophied. Things got worse. My dad, perfect example, spent five days in bed in the hospital, denied nutrition because of a bowel obstruction. And things have backslid on him significantly. He's having, it's taking a lot of time to catch up to where he should be, getting his strength back, getting his energy back. Period. End of story. That's just how it is. If you have two years or a year or whatever of, of remote learning, it's not that you just didn't learn. You don't remember. You didn't retain. Part of part of the education process is retention of what came before it, the use of what came before it. That repetition sort of drills it into you. You don't remember what you learned in elementary school, but I guarantee you use it every single day. I guarantee you use it every single day because you use the basis for reading, writing, mathematics, communication in general. You learned all of those things. You use them every day. It keeps getting reinforced. The exercises, the homework, the everything you have to do in class is to, to teach you proper sentence structure, pronunciation of words, to build your vocabulary, so on and so forth. Now imagine you just stop. You stop doing that stuff for a year. So many kids here in Baltimore, <clears throat> an ungodly number of kids just during remote learning just disappeared. They just disappeared. They were gone. Then nobody checked in. Nobody cared. I mean, it's Baltimore. Nobody cared. They'd go, hey, why aren't you checking in? You give them free computers. You give them free internet. You do this, that, and the other. You make it as easy as possible. And you think, why won't you show up? Well, because there are just really awful parents out there in some cases. A whole bunch of kids just disappeared. They just disappeared. And what do you do with that? How do you make up for that? Do you, do you ever find those kids? Probably not. Not a lot of them. But if you're progressing, no matter how slowly, and everything you're doing to progress is reinforcing what you've already learned, and you stop progressing, you stop reinforcing what you've already learned. You not only freeze your, you don't freeze yourself where you were and you could pick up where you left off. You slide back. You slide back. You learn, if you learn a new word, when you were younger too, you tried to use that word. Didn't you? If it was a cool sounding word or a good word or whatever it was, you tried to use that word. And the more you use that word, you probably drove your parents nuts, your family nuts using that word. But that word sticks with you. That's how you build your vocabulary. You don't notice these things until, you know, you like, what? Well, never heard that word before. And then suddenly you hear that word everywhere. Reminds me of, like, uh, I had a Mini Cooper. 
It was the first new car I ever bought. It was a, it was a 2000. It's the only new car I've ever bought, as a matter of fact. It's 2012 Mini Cooper, I think it was. And I, I'd seen Minis. You know, you see Minis everywhere, but you don't see them constantly. You don't. And then when I bought a Mini, suddenly everybody had a Mini. Like, what the hell? There's Minis everywhere. I had no idea that 10 trillion people had Mini Coopers because I became acutely aware of it. I used to borrow my friend Lauren's, uh, before I had a car in Baltimore, she had a Volkswagen Beetle, one of the new ones. And uh, I'd borrow it. I felt like a dork. She had the little flower thing sitting on the dash. I always took that out. Um, <laughs> it was just bad. But uh, driving around... And you you suddenly see Volkswagen Beetles everywhere. I haven't I don't know when the last time I saw a Volkswagen Beetle. They're they're around. I know I've seen them. They just didn't stick out in your mind. You don't notice these things until you notice them. And then if they're gone, if you don't notice them, you're back to not noticing them. If you aren't using these words and learning new words, you're not going to get new words. If you're not learning the math skills, if you're not using the math skills, and the repetition is important, then you're going to backslide. And it's going to be very problematic for the children. This isn't me. This is Harvard saying that this was a disaster, a disaster for minority students. So, you know, good luck. Somebody's going to have to make that up somehow. Somebody's going to have to try, and instead they're going to focus on, well, let's find out how many new pronouns we can learn today, and uh, what are we up to in the gender count? 817? All right, kids. You don't know how to count to 817. You don't even know what 817 is, but you know what pansexual is. So progress or something, right? I don't think so. The, uh, The President of the United States is very concerned about inflation now <laughs> sort now that you are paying attention to inflation he's concerned about inflation after a year of saying it's just transitory man it's not what well, it's temporary it's no big deal stop complaining about it it's really just used cars most of the most of the inflation is used cars remember that that was what they used to say inflation was used cars and then it's other things. Yeah, I guess some food prices have gone up, but like 40% of the inflation number is used cars, which doesn't make any... Nobody in the media, this is how pathetic journalism is, nobody in the media raised their hand and goes, how the hell does that work out? That's 40% of inflation used cars. How is that? Because people have to be buying used cars, right? It's what people pay for things. But nobody did. Nobody bothered. Gas prices doubled, but there wasn't that. And then when the when nobody was buying, it was the used car thing. It then became, well, gas prices. But it was gas prices because of Putin, not because of me, not because of all the drilling I prevented, not because of the pipelines I killed, not because of anything I did to really kneecap the oil and gas industry. And make no mistake, he did a lot of things to kneecap the oil and gas industry. It's because of Putin. And you say, uh, how come gas was so expensive in January before Putin even started amassing troops on Ukraine? At which point they call you a racist and uh, run out of the room screaming like a girl. (laughs) It's so pathetic. pathetic. And now, uh, just as a reminder, 
Before we get into what Joe Biden is saying now, just a reminder, on August 16th, 2020, while running for president, this is what candidate Joe Biden promised, a solemn promise to the American people via a tweet that uh, here's my promise to you. If I'm elected president, I will always choose to unite rather than divide. I'll take responsibility instead of blaming others. I'll never forget that the job isn't about me. It's about you. I'll take responsibility. Unite, not divide. Love, make love, not war. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then comes the uh, story from, the, uh, from Reuters. Tr- Biden to blame Republicans for inflation. <laughs> You can't be. You really can't make this up. Biden blasts Republicans for having no plan on inflation. Biden to blast. That's the headline of Reuters. And you sit there and you go, wait a second. I am no civics major, but I do recall that Democrats have complete control of government, right? I do recall that Joe Biden is refusing to meet with Republicans. He has no. He tax them and everything. No, they're the. They're the Nazi party. They're just like Jim Crow 3.7. They are uh, the new Bull Connor. They're horrible, horrible, horrible. Why the hell would Republicans want to, Why wouldn't Republicans want to work with that? From Reuters, uh, U.S. President Joe Biden will use a speech on inflation on Tuesday as an opportunity to turn his Democratic Party's top political liability ahead of the midterm elections, into an argument against Republicans. Why won't the party that can't do anything do something? Because they can't do anything, I think, would be the the logical answer to that, Joe. Do you, do you, you've lived your whole freaking adult life in government being a parasite of the taxpayer. Did you not pay attention to how, it, I mean, he didn't do too much in his massive... 50 plus year career in government he did not accomplish very much so it is entirely possible that he doesn't know how government works as many americans they continue worry about a spike in inflation that has pushed consumer prices more than eight percent higher it's eight and a half percent why don't you just say eight and a half percent the president will highlight a number of his administration's steps to cut prices oh so joe biden's going to take inflation seriously No. Here's the next sentence. He is not expected to announce new policy measures in the speech. (laughs) So he's just going to say, here's what we've been doing that hasn't been working because it hasn't been working. Let's just be honest. No, no, no. I'm just going to highlight what we've been doing. Have you done a damn thing that has worked? No, no, but still. All right, well. Let's just take a look at one of Joe Biden's uh, attempts to rein in gasoline prices, shall we? March 31st. It seems like eons ago. March 31st. Headline. Biden announces huge strategic oil reserve release to curb gas prices. Yeah, that's right. Washington Post. An unprecedented release of one million barrels a day over the next six months from the strategic petroleum reserve aims to make up for the loss of Russian oil from global markets amid the Ukraine conflict. Well, my God, gas prices must have plummeted from there, right? No. On the day that that was announced, March 31st, gas prices on average in the country were $4.22 per gallon. 
Today's gas prices is a new record. Congratulations, Joe. You are historic. $4.38 a gallon. For those of you playing the home game, that's 16 cents more per gallon. But don't worry, he's going to blame Republicans for that. How? Why? We don't know. He's not going to make new policy announcements. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But he is expected to sharpen his attacks on Republicans six months before the November 8th midterm elections, where Democrats want to main, retain narrow majorities in the House and the Senate. Uh, he's going to sharpen his rhetoric. Is that a growth industry, Joe? Is that going to help with inflation? <laughs> Sharpening your re- He's not expected to do anything about inflation except complain about it. And boy, howdy, is he prepared to blame somebody else. It's the party that can't do anything. Quote, now this is a quote from a, uh, a White House official who asked to be unnamed, which is probably Ron Klain, the president's chief of staff. Quote, Republicans love to use inflation as a political talking point, but does anyone have a clue what their plan is to bring down prices? Huh? Huh? Um, Well, first of all, when you're in a hole, stop digging. You're not going to be able to dig your way out of that hole. What's funny is they actually go through in this story. It's not a very long article. They go through some of the Republican proposals which have yet to be codified into legislation. And they point that out as though Democrats are just chomping at the bit going, well, if you, as soon as you put this down on paper, we're ready to vote for it. <laughs> but where are the Republican plans? Where are the Republican plans? Said uh, Demand stimulated by government spending and savings accumulated during the COVID-19 panic have been no match for creaky supply chains and labor shortages, prompting higher inflation globally. Reuters is doing its best to help Joe Biden. But the reality is inflation is higher in the United States than anywhere else in the world. It's partially because we're spending so much money. Largely because the difference is because we're spending so much money. This has created political problem, a political problem as American consumers stare down higher grocery and gas bills, exacerbated by measures blocking Russian oil and gas after its invasion of Ukraine. Um, they were there beforehand. It was the Biden administration. Again, Reuters is running blocker because that's the media's job. Fewer than half of U.S. adults, 44%, approve of Biden's handling of the presidency. They rate the economy as the country's most important problems. There we go. Republicans are working to capitalize on the issue as midterm uh, in the midterms, promoting steps including loosening regulations on oil and gas producers as well as cutting some taxes and government spending. But the party has not endorsed any policy documents outlining the steps they would take on inflation. So Ron Klain, presumably, chief of staff, and the president are saying, where's the Republican plan? There's the Republican plan. Reuters was able to discern what it was. Loosening regulations on oil and gas producers, as well as cutting some taxes and government spending. Government spending being a driving force behind inflation, the devaluing of the dollar, because they're just making more of it. All right. You want to slow down the bleeding. You've got to focus on the cut. Right. You got to focus on the wound. Democrats don't want to do that. The wound is they still want to spend trillions more. They still want to spend trillions more. And they're sitting there going, I can't imagine. It's all because of Putin's invasion of Ukraine? Ukraine is 
not important. Not like that. Biden has sharpened his attacks on Republicans in recent days, including dismissing former President Donald Trump's Make America Great Again movement as extreme. Huh. Voters know that Republican-led states are leading in economic recovery and job creation and will vote for Republicans and our proven agenda come November, said Emma Vaughn, a spokesperson for the Republican National Committee. That's the entirety of the story. Joe Biden going to come out and blame Republicans for what he did. This is Ted Kennedy blaming Lincoln, the car man. I don't know. I assume it was a Lincoln. Uh, the car manufacturer for Chappaquiddick, for killing Mary Jo Kopechny. Boy, if if they'd only spent more time focusing on underwater evacuation from their cars, Mary Jo would still be alive today. It's their fault, really, not the drunken D-bag who was looking to get some who drove her into the bay. No, 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 no. It's because of the car. I can't imagine being that crass, that bold, that uh, big of a fraud, but that's what Democrats are. When you don't have the truth on your side, you simply don't deal with the truth. You deal with whatever else you got. <sighs> really is bizarre. Just like, you know, speaking of when you're dealing, you don't have the truth on your side. I'm going to play this clip from CBS News. The CBS Nightly News, they are out there. They're doing the Democratic Party's work. The Biden administration, in the midst of all of these lefties going to the homes of Supreme Court justices, disrupting neighborhoods, threatening children, scaring children, the Supreme Court justices and their families having to be moved, relocated to undisclosed locations because of threats against their lives. The Biden administration put out... a statement, a, a, a policy brief, a brief on the threats that are out there in the United States. And wouldn't you know it, it's those damned right-wing extremists. It's threats against abortion. There's a pro-life group firebombed Molotov cocktail attack. Uh, that's not the real problem. The actual attacks that have happened, the literal threats that have been launched, that's not the problem. It's the mythical boogeyman of the pro-life terrorists running around out there after emboldened by the Roe v. Wade. I don't understand who goes, I fought for this my whole life, and now we're on the cusp of possibly getting it. I got an idea. Let's, uh, let's, let's engage in some terrorism and maybe spend the rest of my life in jail. That'll be great. That, what a way to celebrate, spend the rest of my life in jail. There's not many people out there saying that. There are a bunch of lefties threatening Supreme Court justices, but hey, what are you going to do? But CBS just regurgitates without any question. There's no critical thinking on behalf of this reporter about what the Biden administration is saying and desperately trying to change the narrative away from what is literally happening. Meanwhile, an intelligence bulletin reviewed by CBS News warns extremists could be mobilizing during this powerful debate nationwide, potentially targeting abortion clinics and government officials. As for this black fencing, this is very reminiscent to what we saw across the street outside the Capitol after the January 6th attack. No one likes the looks of it, but the belief is, Gail, it could deter attacks. (laughs) It could deter attacks. Who are the attacks from? 
that it is trying to deter their CBS. It would be the left-wing mob that has shown up outside the Supreme Court, and when they put the fence up, they said, well, to hell with it, we're going to their houses. Those are the people they're worried about the attacks from. These are the people ready to attack. But it's, uh, you know, pro-life. They might attack abortion clinics. Now, granted, in the 80s, there were attacks on abortion clinics. Been a while since there have been a wave of attacks on abortion clinics. But there is currently a wave of attacks on Supreme Court justices and threats on Supreme Court justices. I don't think the side that thinks it's about to win is going to say, to hell with it, let's go and commit terrorism. But the side who thinks they're about to lose have. They have gone out there and said this. They have gone out there and called for violence. Political leaders have gone out there and called for violence. It really is amazing to watch this. Lori Lightfoot, this lie that, oh my God, if the, once they get the abortion, they're going to go after gay marriage. They're trying to scare the hell out of the gay groups. The LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ mafia, they're trying to scare the hell out of them. Lori Lightfoot, the awful mayor of Chicago. She's just everything. She's very short. The only reason you can see her on a podium is because she's standing on a pile of dead bodies killed in Chicago. She said, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. We will not surrender our rights without a fight. A fight to victory. It's a call to arms. It's a call to violence. If you're dumb enough to believe Lori Lightfoot, you would really believe, my God, they're going to throw me in a gulag. They're gonna, I must defend myself. The party that produced James Hodgkinson is trying to do it again. But don't worry, the real threat is from pro-life extremists who are happy right now <laughs> how is, how do you work how do you square that circle pro-lifers are wildly happy right now but they're uh, let's go celebrate earl by killing people that's not it's not how it works generally as far as i know these leftist lunatics my god they're so pathetic you know it as these democrats are concerned trolling the republican party for those of you who don't know concerned trolling is pretending to care uh, nancy pelosi cares deeply about the republican party she doesn't give a damn about the republican party she blames them for dropping a house on her sister and she has never gotten over it and never will uh but she at an event down in miami i don't even know what the event was it doesn't matter she pretended she concerned trolled the republican party talking about how she uh she wants the Republican Party to be strong. You know, if you want to know what Democrats are up to, all you have to do is look at what they're accusing the Republicans of doing. She says that the Republican Party has become a cult. It shouldn't be a cult. That's what the Democratic Party is. Think about everything that they are pushing. Abortion is a cult. My God, it, it, you will not find the Pope as dedicated to the sacraments as the Democrats are to abortion. Environment. The most radical imam will never come close to holding a candle to the way that Democrats view 
the environment and think that human beings have somehow have control over it. So listen to Nancy Pelosi. She wants she wants this, the Republican Party to be strong, not a cult. And she also harkens back. One of these things she says in here is bizarre because I don't remember that. The pro, pro-choice Republicans. Was there a time when Republicans were pro-abortion? Not in my lifetime. And Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. Republicans have pretty well been dedicated, far as I can tell, to reversing it. Maybe some because it was horribly decided law. There's really no doubt that it was horribly decided law. Even Darth Vader Ginsburg said it was horribly decided law. But it was, um, I don't know of a Republican Party, a time when the Republican Party was like, you know what? Abortions are cool. Let's have more of them. Could be wrong. But if you, if you, if you know of a time when that was the heyday of abortion in the Republican Party, you can email it to me. But I don't think that that was the uh, party's position. But listen to Nancy. She, she throws that out there amidst her concern trolling for the GOP. You don't want me to get too political here, do you? I mean, the fossil fuel industry, it, they weigh in so significantly. I mean, how could it be that nobody on the Senate side cares, on the, and the Senate cares about climate? Some of them do, and they talk about it. When it comes to the votes, it just isn't there. They just aren't there. So rather than saying, well, we have to defeat them, no, let's just try to persuade them. I want the Republican Party to take back the party, take it back to where you were, where you cared about a woman's right to choose, you cared about the environment, and all. And all the great, all the. Hey, here I am, Nancy Pelosi, saying this country needs a strong Republican Party, and we do. Not a cult, but a strong Republican Party. make this as bipartisan as possible and not but right now it's you know people say I signed up to be part of the climate this or that which means nothing unless you're going to put your vote where you're signing up signing up it so let's just strive to make it partisan (laughs) yeah just join with me Uh, let's make this bipartisan it should be bipartisan join me Democrats' idea of bipartisanship is I will work with anybody who is willing to give me everything I want and expect nothing in return. Hell, I'd be willing to work with any Democrat who's willing to give me anything I want and expect nothing in return. Or accept nothing in return. You can expect all you want, but accept nothing in return. Why won't they join us on the climate? Because it's garbage, that's why. No, I just want to make this bipartisan. Okay, you want to ban, you know pollution in certain things that's fine you want to institute a carbon tax because somebody who hates capitalism told you that in a hundred years it's really going to be one degree warmer maybe two and that's going to be awful no it's been warmer in our history look up the medieval warm period it's wildly important that people know these things the left doesn't want you to know these things. They don't want you to understand that the, 
the temperature of our planet fluctuates wildly, that the climate has always been changing, that it will always change because it is dependent upon that great ball of fire in the sky. And for reasons that we don't fully understand, sometimes that thing burns hot and launches solar flares, and sometimes it doesn't. Well, it burns hot all the time, but it burns hot, a little cooler, and less solar flares. And if you track those solar flares along with global temperatures, you will notice that there is a correlation there. It's a pretty good correlation. Is it 100%? No, but it's pretty damn close that if you're going to look that big ball of fire in the sky that gives us most of our warmth. Some of it comes from internally the core of the planet. We'd be screwed if the internal core of the planet cooled down, and we'd be screwed if the big ball of fire in the sky turned it down. But they are uh, wildly fluctuating, that big ball of fire in the sky, and you've got to accept that. You don't even account for that. It's because you drove a car. Really? I don't think there were SUVs. The warmest years in the... You always see this. It's the warmest time. It's the warmest month of, since 1930. It means it's not warmer than it was in 1930 in that month, by the way. And if you're sitting there, you're going, wait, so wait, how many SUVs were there in 1930? But the real thing that will blow your mind is the fact that we don't have reliable data that's more than 150 years old. We just don't. The units of measure for measuring the atmospheric temperature and the surface temperature were not particularly reliable, not kept and certainly not kept widely. Realistically, we've only had reliable data for the last 60 years since we've been able to put satellites up there as far as the atmosphere. You can discern nothing on a planet about a planet that is millions of years old from 60 years worth of data. What you can do is make a whole lot of hay out of it for your political agenda, which is what Democrats are doing. Nancy Pelosi sitting there going, why won't Republicans work with us on this? Have you ever thought critically about this, Nancy? I believe you have. And you thought there's a political benefit to you lying to the public. But I bet you most of your army of flying monkeys, because she is mad that somebody dropped that house on her sister, I bet that most of the army of flying monkeys has not thought about it critically. And they won't. They won't question it. They're not allowed to question it. Questioning is denied. Almost like a cult, one might say. Weird how that works, isn't it? By the way, did you see the uh, reports, the the, uh, prison guard down there? Helped the prisoner, helped the convict, the murderer escape. They were caught. Well, they were. Well, she's dead. Blaze has the story. Alabama corrections officer Vicki White is dead after what is believed to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, the officer fled from a Florence, Alabama jail with 38-year-old inmate Casey White. No relation, although they were apparently having relations. On April 29th, and remained on the run until Monday night when they were apprehended in Indiana. They weren't apprehended, they were chased, and she shot herself. Um, He kind of looks a little bit like John Hamm, if John Hamm's ears stuck out and he grew a beard. She looks like Beast from Beauty and the Beast, not the cartoon, the more the uh, television show that used to be on CBS. <laughs> played by Ron Perlman. And look up the picture. They went on a hunting mission to find her upper lip, and they weren't able to find it. She's gone now. She'll be missed. 
Can you imagine? How screwed up do you have to be? Now, you could say, I'm not going to, uh, but you could say that maybe you shouldn't have female security guards in a male prison, and maybe you shouldn't have male security guards in a female prison. But, you know, who's to say what a male and female are these days? But it'd be much less likely for a man to fall in love. Not impossible, but a man to fall in love with a male inmate. All I know is they'll be missed or something like that. Now, there's another picture of the guy. He's shaved his beard. His ears still stick out, but he does look like John Hamm. He doesn't look too terribly upset that the love of his life is now uh, gone. (laughs) Um, I'm going to play this clip of Ginger Goebbels here because it shows how disinterested they are in condemning the uh, the protesting, the riot, not rioting, they haven't rioted yet, but they will, especially if this decision comes down. The publicizing of Supreme Court justices' uh, home addresses, the White House doesn't give a damn. It's just another tactic. You've got to keep the mob angry. You've got to keep the mob upset lest they start to think for themselves. You can't have that. Yes, lest they start to question things. They can't have that. So they need to keep them in a frenzy. And if that means that they got to go and chase Sam Alito's house, family out of there, so be it. Ah, so what? Let them go. They really are kind of gross people. There's a, an account. Well, first let me play you this clip. This is uh, Jen Psaki. Not really... She won't condemn the protests at people's houses, even though they sort of said, please don't do it, which tells you a lot about these people, doesn't it? Uh, you were unequivocal in condemning violence, but um, as you know, there's also some allies who are protesting outside justices' homes, including Brett Kavanaugh, who, if there's any kind of a compromise, conservative ruling that preserves some of Roe, he could be part of that with Roberts. So my question is, um, is it appropriate to protest outside people's homes, and is it productive or not productive? Uh, Look, I I would say in terms of the productive question, that's not for me to speak to. Obviously, these justices make decisions as an independent body. Uh, How they are influenced or if they are influenced is not for me to make a determination of. Uh, We do believe in peaceful protests. We do not believe in uh, or support uh, any intimidation of any kind. Obviously, the violation of breaking of any law, as somebody raised before, um, or threats or intimidation of any individual. Uh, what we do support is people peacefully protesting, and they do that in a range of places. And they protest in a range of places. Who can say where people can protest? It's just a range of places. <laughs> it's a range of places. You won't condemn it. And so you end up with situations like this uh, former candidate for Congress in California, Steve Cox, tweeting out about when it was announced that... Um, of Justice Alito had been moved, he and his family, to an undisclosed location because the angry mob was going to his house. They're planning on it. They were publicizing his address. Will he ever be able to live there? Who knows? Ever be able to live there again? Who knows? Uh, this guy, Steve Cox, liberal progressive activist, tweeted out the following, quote, when he moves his family to a hotel, empty his house and burn his ass in front of the hotel. Yeah, that's lovely, lovely sentiment there from the left, isn't it? 
Just go ahead. Well, forget it. Just go after his, take his stuff to the hotel and burn it there. And then, you know, burn down the hotel while you're there. Because why? Because reasons and stuff. Because the GOP is a cult, right? Is that right? <laughs> is that a, the GOP is the cult. How is the GOP the cult when you question anything, when you possibly lose something, a court case, a legal battle? Your response is to try to burn it all down. Your response is to pack the courts. Your response is to threaten to kill the Supreme Court justices. That guy last week was like, hey, uh, I'm just asking questions. I'm just making a hypothetical situation that maybe, just maybe, we could kill a couple of Supreme Court justices so Joe Biden could appoint their uh, replacements. Has that been roundly condemned by the Democratic Party? No. Cults are not roundly condemned by their membership. They do not roundly condemn the leadership of a cult, lest you be labeled a suppressive person, lest you be uh, run out and not be uh, basically be denied any contact with your family. Yeah. It's weird how that works, isn't it? You want to know what Democrats really are like, what Democrats are really doing. Take a look at what they're accusing Republicans of doing. It never fails. It never, ever, ever fails. Before we go, I just want to tell you, if you're in the mood, if you're out there looking for a good TV show and you've already seen like Ted Lasso and Better Call Saul, you know, all of these things. There's a show on uh, Paramount, the Paramount app. Get somebody's password. Don't give these people your money. But if you already have it, it's called The Offer. And it's I'm only on episode two, I think. Maybe it's episode three. But it is about the making of The Godfather. and It's about the producer. It is really interesting. It is also a most movies or TV shows that are set in a time... When like people are being nostalgic for like any movie set in the eighties is just gonna suck because they just throw all this crap and like there's parachute pants and there's Garfield sticking on a window and and they throw it all into one thing they're not really time appropriate. I once got into an argument with the producer of the uh, the Goldbergs about that and he admitted that they just made it up. But this thing is seems to be very true to the times and the guy playing Robert Evans. It's awesome. The whole thing, the cast is amazing. The The plot is interesting. You obviously know what happens, but you don't know why it happens or how it happens. So I check out check out the offer if you get a chance, if you're in the market for a TV show worth binge watching. Otherwise, I appreciate you listening to this. Binge this. Be back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.